I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, Geekies? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson, joined to my right with a supported bottom and lower back, Kayla McKinnon. Hi, everyone. I got myself a chair. Chair for Kate, 2K17, has been fulfilled. It has been. It was an exciting adventure. (laughs) Um, Photos will be posted on <laughs> somewhere, and maybe some recounting of the crazy bus driver we had. <laughs> oh my God, that's a very good idea. We're going to save that story. Listen, TTC, if you're listening, your man's on the 501L. What the hell's the number? One six five three or something. I can't remember. That dude is going through some things today. <laughs> yeah, and he yeah. has got some aggression issues. Yeah, if we we see a story about a, a bus driver mowing down a bike rider, <laughs> cyclist and dragging him for blocks. <laughs> it's that guy. It's this dude. If you get just in general, if you get on a bus and the driver is mad young and he's got like, you know, his TTC cab with the bill bent up, like it's probably just not a good scene. You should probably just no. leave, wait for the next one. Yeah. Um I almost when we got off, I almost wished that old lady like good luck. Like <laughs> <laughs> I thought of doing the same thing. It's like ch- chin up Graham's hope you hope you make it to Long Branch. <laughs> Um, so it, it was great. Um, I'm, I'm excited because like you said, I have great support from my bottom and this lower lumbar support really feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. And, uh, it reminds me to keep my back up straight and make sure my posture is good. That is good. Do not slouch. Anyway, if you are unfamiliar with the saga of chair for K2K17 and you would like to acquaint yourself with it, there are many ways we offer that you can do that to yeah, but I mean, through those two, there are other options. There are. You can go to soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Give us a follow on there. You will be notified every time new episodes go live. But if you're like, man, that is just too much effing work. There is a button on the SoundCloud page that will take you to the iTunes page. And on the iTunes page, you can just hit subscribe. Which means that episodes will just appear magically when we're done making because them. Because the GD signal hits the atmosphere. And he sees it. He's sipping a cognac in his stately manner. Yep. And that's when your man knows it's time to go to work. I don't know why he doesn't lend us the he money. Is getting, for he's <laughs> getting more wealthy every time <laughs> we introduce him. Your man's Chauncey, the internet elf, knows it's time to get to work. He places his cognac down on a coaster. Changes like Mr. Rogers from his indoor clothes to his outdoor clothes. Because it's time to smash that geek down goodness directly into your ear hole. But nicely and like caressing like a lover. Chauncey, the geek down internet elf, just wants you to be comfortable while he does his thing. And then you get to listen to us. And it's like meeting two friends. It's like, oh man, my ear hole was slightly inconvenienced, but I get to hang with Jordan Kate. Yeah, which is kind of awesome. It's a fair trade-off. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we went and got Kate a chair today. Thank you so much to all of our patrons and on patreon.com slash geekdownpod. And sorry, I just wanted to also thank all those people who kept on asking about the chair. People heavily invested in getting you a chair, so we knew it had to be. Even though I don't think it was something we really talked about in the initial planning of the Patreon. It was I think it was something of... Caitlin threw into us recording the video because yeah. she realized how ridiculous she looks <laughs> sitting next to me on that footstool. Yeah, and, and you know, I, maybe my back was hurting at the time. And it was just a reminder to... Yeah, if you go back it. and you watch that video, you, you can <laughs> clearly see that I was unprepared for her to ask for a chair. <laughs> But she asked for a chair. You people wanted to give her a chair. And I got a chair. So we got her a chair. So thank you 
so much, all of you patrons out there. We have to shout somebody out, don't we? We do. We have to shout out Justin Morton, who was already... Already liked us. Already liked us and had already uh, offered to support us through Patreon. Actually doubled the amount he supported us for. Apparently the appeal of listening to me <laughs> learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons was just too great. It was too great. Yeah. Justin and had to have those bonus episodes. So thank you so much, Justin. So much. We really, really appreciate it. We uh, appreciate anyone who's offered to help us out and um, who's gone to the Patreon. Even if you... Um, are like, oh, I can't really afford it. We get it. We totally get it. But you should just come on down to the page anyways because there's lots of fun stuff there. We totally get it. I didn't even like spending the money to buy this chair and it wasn't even my money. No. It was our money and it was for Caitlin. I was still like, ooh, $20. What <laughs> kind of folding chair are we buying here? A very comfortable one. I will have you know. Photos of the chair and our trip to Walmart to get it. Uh, yes, will be posted either on, maybe on Facebook. Maybe everybody can have them. Uh, or I'll just make a Google Photos Geek Down album of them or something. You'll see them either way. Yeah, we promise. But moving on, we want to get through some chit chat because that's you know that's the stuff people like. We got a lot of news, so I'm just I only have like one thing I want to I want to uh, get out there, and that's to talk about the level of customer service in Toronto record stores. Okay, or a the, very or the lack a very niche. Thing, listen, topic. listen, we all know shitty customer service. Oh, yeah. We have all experienced it. And Caitlin and myself, having worked at major Canadian retailer and understanding the lengths that as employees of major Canadian retailer, we would go to to just be pleasant, do what a customer asked. Um, I once set up some chairs from some, for some elderly ladies and brought them the books that they wanted so that they could just go through them because they were having trouble standing and looking at them. I took a call at 1130 at night this week yeah. for a customer who was looking for a single copy of some book. And I could have been like, yeah, listen, we're closed lady. Like this is not like tough shit, but I didn't cause they just have us trained. Major Canadian retailer likes to slap us in the old clockwork orange chair and <laughs> you just fully get us accustomed to doing whatever it takes to make the customer happy. Or it's just become second nature to us. Um, so when we encounter less than stellar customer service, we get a little somewhat, frustrated. Somewhat alarming. Yeah. So this weekend, maybe you can hear it in my voice, friends. I'm I'm peppy today. He is, and he's awake. I am well rested. I am in my three day weekend right now. After you know working a lot ten shifts in eleven days on my three day weekend, and all I wanted to do this weekend was clean records. My homie, Mr. Malash, was nice enough to, uh, he picked up for me for no reason, really. This item called a spin clean, which is basically like a plastic trough. It's got some rollers and some brushes. It's like a car wash for your records, basically. You put, cool. the, put the record in there, and then it's got this solution in it, and you spin it. Ooh. You take it out, it's got these fluffy drying cloths, and you dry it off, and then you set them to the side and let them air dry, and it's just like, oof. Get them, oof. Wow. Gets them so nice. Part of my enjoyment in this was also going to be, I could use some sleeves. Right. And some inner sleeves, like mm -hmm. the paper inner sleeve for the record itself, and the outer plastic sleeve that the record itself goes into. Um, not everybody likes to sleeve their records, but um, um, I prefer it. So I had to go pick these up. And I also had to pick up a birthday present for a small birthday present for a friend of mine. And I wanted to go to Sonic Boom for that, which is a record store in Toronto. And I go to Sonic Boom, and I cannot find... I thought I'd be able to get sleeves there. Right. I couldn't really find anything. I didn't bother asking. That's on me. Because I knew, up the street, I'm not going to put them totally on blast. Up the street, there was another record store on Spadina Avenue. Right. 
near college. I thought you said you weren't going to put them on blast. I'm not putting them on blast. And I go up there because I know they have sleeves. I'd seen on their website that they had sleeves. And I go up. And traditionally, when I've gone to other record stores, they just have them in like a pack. Right. It was like a pack of 20 or something. And the dude comes up and he's like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? Do you, do you need hand with anything? It's like, yeah, I just need some sleeves. Oh, um, like how many do you, how many do you need? It's like, well, I need outers and inners. Yeah. Well, like how, how many? Like, uh, I don't know, like 50. Well, like how, how many? It's like, do you not just sell them in packs? No, cause I got to go count them. I'm like, all right, bro. I don't know. Like 30 outers and 15 inners. F- 15, like one five. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, I'll be right back. He like goes downstairs, trudges downstairs to go and get these things. Okay, I'm not breaking the bank. Ultimately, these things are going to cost like $7. Yeah. He comes back and he counts them out. And he hands them to me. And they're like, you know, polypropylene. So they're like slippery. Yeah. They're sliding all over the place. And he kind of hands them to me. I was like, sorry. And like, uh, how much are how much are they each? Man, I don't make the prices. What? What the fuck? I didn't say you did. <laughs> like. He's <laughs> like, I just count them, man. It's like, well, you have yourself a great day, champ. So, fuck y'all. And even, even the, like, this is the mom and pop yeah. enterprise. And I think this was the wife. I think this was the mom of the mom and pop who was, and she was working the till. And she was like heads and tails beyond above the, you know, dipshit who helped me get these things. Right. But like, even she was like kind of distracted, not really paying attention. <laughs> like right. I had to stand there for like 45 seconds for her to like, look up. <laughs> like, can I just buy these please? Like, <laughs> so... I got my sleeves, but definitely, listen, I've been to every record store in this city. I keep tabs. And, and... Guess what? If I need sleeves again, really, if I need anything, I just want to go on a dig. And they don't find, listen, they're, they're doing fine. They're not going to lose any fucking money because I'm not going there anymore, but... I was going to say, and you not going there is going to bankrupt them. Listen, that's $7 you just lost. <laughs> a whole Y'all. $7. Sell a DJ controller to some other Woodbridge kid who needs a, <laughs> wants to start a bedroom DJ. Um, some sweet beats. Anyway. Did you feel better now? Yes. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. Got that off your chest? Um, I don't I don't have any stories because I didn't really go out this week at all. No. Or watch anything or really read anything. That is sad. I just worked Ugh. and did some more work. But part of my big work is over. So I'm very excited. I had an event yesterday. Got through it. Went off. I wouldn't say without a hitch, because there's always hitches when you plan events, <laughs> but I am a great problem solver, and I solve those problems, and this is how I get my kicks, folks. I, I solve problems. You are so tall in that chair right now. I know. It's weird, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, but, um, so I'm excited. So in April, I should sort of finally be done the second part of this, <laughs> this work. Yeah, sure. I will. I will. I took on extra work and I will never do that again. <laughs> Remember and, last summer when you could just roll in during the week some days where it was like, it's well, like, yeah. oh, what, the weekend's busy. I'll get coming and do it on Tuesday. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah. One last thing I have to talk about before we get into news. Yeah. Um, so a- as mentioned, we got the chair at Walmart. Yeah. Also had to pick up some groceries at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, you did. Fam. <laughs> so my go-to at Walmart Every time I go there, there's a brand of cereal called Sally's, which is apparently like, you know, 
It's supposed to be the all natural version. It's all just a bag of candy. Like, it's just, it's, I, that, I kept on telling him it's just candy in the morning. You're having candy for breakfast. And so I knew because we, we were at Walmart and I need to get groceries and I was out of cereal. I was like, oh man, I might get some Sally's. And I go over, Sally's got a bomb ass version of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So that's what I was going for. Mm-hmm. I saw something. I'm assuming it is the Sally's version of Crunch Berries. Yo. He was very excited. They don't even have Crunch Berries in Canada. Americans. If you're listening to this, we don't have crunch berries. We, I know we get a lot of credit sometimes for like, you know, having amazing things. Yeah. For Canada's snack game is on, is on point. I just heard another podcast talking about like the miracle of all dressed chips. Um, the miracle of ketchup chips, I think is what you mean. Ketchup Doritos. There's ketchup Doritos. Right now they got ketchup and guacamole Doritos. Guacamole Doritos. Those like evaporated first. I I saw those for like two weeks. And okay. they were, and they were like gone. There, because I, there are only like one type of Doritos that don't have any dairy, but I can't eat them because they're too spicy. The sweet chili heat, isn't it? Can't have them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's also so, the most garbage flavor. I know. Of Doritos. So I'm always hoping that they'll have other Doritos that don't have cheese. So if you see them and you see either the ketchup, ketchup Doritos might, yeah. or or guacamole, and you read the ingredients, there's no dairy. Please let me know. This is very important. <laughs> For my very, snacking. This is very important. But yeah, America, y'all got it with the cereals, man. You still got booberry and like Frankenberry and shit and like... But remember that... And Crunch Berries and they have they have a version of Crunch Berries that is just Crunch Berries. That's kind of amazing. I think it's called just Crunch Berries. Though my, my favorite, and this is kind of boring, but my favorite is always Fruit Loops. I'm not going to hate on Fruit Loops. Listen, I recently got reacquainted with Fruit Loops. Yeah. Because uh, you know, around the holidays... At work, um, you know, the daytimers get shit all the time, but the overnight crew doesn't get much by way of, like, seasonal appreciation. Yeah. But they did, like, a super mega, like, breakfast buffet for us once mm-hmm. where they, like, you know, cooked bacon and eggs and just all this business. And then for, like, and giant, like, Costco boxes of cereal. Yeah. And one was, I don't remember what the first one was, Frosted Flakes and Fruit Loops. I think that's what they got. And there were some steady days where I would, like, finish work and take, like, my dinner dish, which had been cleaned. Yeah. I just fill that shit up with Fruit Loops and take it home. <laughs> Fruit Loops pretty bomb. Yeah. Um, the best thing is that, and and one other person has agreed with me on this, that Earl Grey tea with sugar and milk smells exactly like Fruit Loops and tastes exactly like Fruit Loops. It is amazing. I feel that that's not out of the question. It really, really does. So next time you're having Earl Grey tea, let me know. Let me know about the Doritos and Earl Grey tea and, and we'll be set. I think that concludes snack talk yeah. <laughs> for the week. Well, it's probably a feature people want. I'm sure people probably want to know what we're snacking on. Enough of that. Moving on. Moving on to news. Unlike other previous weeks in the last little while, there's actually been quite a bit of news. Yeah, we actually have a lot so to get through. So we're going to try and like boom, boom, boom with the news. Keeping it snappy. Keeping it snappy. That's, that's a good way to put it. Straight facts. Um, L- less commentary. So interesting things about television shows. Winona Earp got picked up for a second season. What? Right? That's what I said. That's I have just have an exclamation mark. So E Online has reported this. Uh, I don't know how, but sorry. Context, friends. Back when we were having our August Watcharama this year, where we did like five solid episodes of single topics. Yeah. Um, we did Winona Earp, and neither of us were thrilled enough impressed with yeah. Winona Earp. So I'm very surprised it got picked up, especially because there's so much better TV like, um, well, Legion's just gotten praise all the way through. It was um, looking dicey for a while. I feel like it really wasn't until 
I feel like it was flagrantly blowing the Final Fantasy Thirteen rule, but then stuck the landing in such a way that most people were willing to forgive it. So that's good. Um, and then, of course, um, American Gods is coming up mm-hmm. uh, at the end of April. Um, someone at Mary Sue has access to early episodes, and they're not posting any plot details or anything. But they have said that mm-hmm. for the- embargoed screeners, probably. Yeah. This first episode that they've seen is absolutely phenomenal. And she was really apprehensive that they would be able to bring the or they would be able to um, do the book justice uh, in the form of television. And but she said that this is the uh, uh, writer from the Mary Sue has said that basically it's fantastic. And she can't wait for all of us to see it. So that's exciting. Um, other news, Power Rangers Apparently, a senior correspondent has seen it and absolutely loved it, has said that it has no right to be as good as it has been and was and is, and can't wait for the the next installment of the movie. So, yeah. Um, Any any movie news for you or TV news? (sighs) Oh, dear. I tried, Caitlin. What did you try? We know I tried. What did you try? I sat here on mic. Yeah. Last week. Yes. And basically said, I don't disagree that white washing is a problem. Yeah. But I want to see these things get made. So I take a somewhat more forgiving stand. All Ghost in the Shell had to do was not be stupid. It had to do a couple things, but one of the main things it had to do was not be stupid. Not be stupid. Friends... To discuss this stupidity, I have to spoil the end of Ghost in the Shell. Oh, no. But people, you have to... We have all these people who don't like spoilers. Go forward. I'll put time codes in the show description. Check those to be, like, extra specific. But we're going to say what? Like, two minutes? Two to three minutes. It's not going to take me long to, like, throw up my hands in despair. So, starting... Now. So, all throughout the movie of Ghost in the Shell both the anime, the manga, and now this live-action adaptation. You know, the whole Ghost in the Shell title yes. refers to, like, you know, the echoes of memory in these, like, robot bodies. Yeah. The major looks at her hand and is like, who's moving this hand? Whose hand is this? What am I looking at? Super philosophical. That's not the anime, anyway. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure the live-action does not get that deep into it or does not get as deep into it as the anime did. But similarly, she has these, like, echoes of, like, who was I before I was this? sort of thing if i'm a copy of a copy who am i really by the end of the movie you find out who she is yeah her brain was kidnapped and put into this you know android cyborg body Mm -hmm. the brain of a japanese girl named matoko kusanagi who was a anti-technology apparently an anti-technology activist when she was killed whatever company made the major stole her brain yeah and put her in Scarlett Johansson's body. You literally, you literally fucking whitewashed her. I don't know how, as the star and director of this movie, you know what you made. Yep. Like when people were coming for you just for the casting. Yep. And you knew how this movie ended. I mean, I listen, all praise for being able to sit there with a straight fucking face and be during like, these interviews is, yeah. and being like, Whoo, if you think you mad now, yeah, you're going to be so much madder when this fucking thing actually comes out. 
Oh, so yeah, Ben, my, <laughs> my review, even without having seen the movie, because I have even less reason to want to see it now, is just, here's my, here's my one image review of Ghost in the Shell, and it's that DJ Khaled gif of congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> you had, you had one fucking job, and you, this shit was hitting you early enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could have called an audible. You could have yeah. been like, hmm, you know what? No, we're not going to do this. Maybe we won't defer to the source material yeah. and not, you know, even name the major. Yeah. Just And there's like some scene where she goes to her grave and talks to her mom. And it's Scarlett Johansson talking to her Japanese mom. Quotes. It's a problem. It's a big problem. Oh my problem. God. I fucking, I sat here. I sat here and I tried. I tried. Tried to have your back. Um, sometimes you, uh, you just don't try and you just, (laughs) I learned an important lesson. The lesson is never try or don't, don't put faith in the intelligence of people making these decisions. I don't, I just don't, I don't understand how you, how you fuck up that badly. Um, you made it a goddamn plot point. You made it the ultimate plot point and the central mystery of your goddamn movie. Oh, oh. God. Hey, you know what I feel in the same way? Hmm. This whole Marvel thing. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one. So, uh, we we talked about this briefly because uh, we were talking about sort of what kind of news we had before. Um, but in an interview with ICV2. I have the actual quote here. Do you oh, want it? Oh, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Um, Set it up and I will give the quote. Um, I, I actually didn't, I wrote down, uh, uh, some issues with it and, and, um, it was actually, I read the story through the Mary Sue, um, but which was written, the article was written by, um, Mary Kate Jasper from the Mary Sue. Um, but on, for ICV2, um, during, um, the Marvel retailer summit, um, there was a, a quotation by, uh, this is from the Marvel VP of sales, a gentleman named David Gabriel. Um, and he was talking about the sharp sales downturn since October in comic Th- books. Things ain't good for Marvel right now no, on not, the periodical side of things. Not not at this very moment. Um, so he talked about a market, sh- market shift and he talked about how there are lots of factors. But then he said this. So yes, this is the bullet quote everybody jumped on. And this is not even preface it by saying this is not even him saying this. This is like him summarizing concerns he was hearing from retailers. The Marvel retailer summit is basically a conference call with the direct, Oh man, we got to set this up. (laughs) Comic books is a real weird place for people who aren't in it, but basically comic books have their own like distribution network. If you want single issues of a comic book, you know, comic books always come out numbered in serial installments. You can go to your bookstore and get the collections, but the actual like, one-offs. Single issues, one-offs. So things, the, the things you would think of as comic books. These floppies, as they are sometimes called. Yeah. You get those at a comic store. The only place you can get them. You have to go to a comic store. Basically, yeah. And this comic stores, as a group, are referred to as the direct market. Yeah. The comics go from the publisher to the direct market. And it has, ever since this shift has happened, it's basically been a clusterfuck for the better part of two decades Yeah, ever since then. There's always been something wrong with it. So yes, this was a conference call that Marvel has with, I don't know if they have their own industry organization or if it's just, you know, comic shop owners all in on this conference call to give feedback to the VP of sales. So this is what he was saying their concerns are. This is the quote from io9 
io9 had a good breakdown of this whole story as well, as did many places. This one is from Beth Elderkin on io9. The bullet quote is, quote, what we heard was that people didn't want any more diversity. They didn't want female characters out there. That's what we heard, whether we believe that or not. I think that's an important point that nobody yeah. latches onto. That's not really him or Marvel saying this. Um, continuing the quote. I don't know that that's really true, but that's what we saw in sales. We saw the sales of any character that was diverse, any character that was new or female characters, anything that was not a core Marvel character, people were turning their nose up against. That was difficult for us because we had a lot of fresh, new, exciting ideas that we were trying to get out and nothing new really worked. Unquote. Um, so there, there are lots of issues with this. Even if the numbers represent one thing, Sometimes there are lots of other reasons why something is happening that you have to look at. For one, io9 has also laid out um, a really good article about the issues with their editorial model. So they'll do, if something isn't working and it usually they will change up editors and whatnot in a good way um, to get, get things working. They'll put a lot more attention into white male cisgendered characters than they do with their characters of from different races and different backgrounds. Um, the other issue is that they in lately they've done 12 different events and crossovers in the past two years. That is the larger point. I yes. think. And, and I do think with the editorial model, they will shuffle things around all of a sudden. So there's a sort of, they keep on relaunching things and redoing things and restarting things. Um, and it's hard to keep up for a comic book lover, especially if you're really into the superhero side of comic books. Because they always have to keep it going. And this is honestly what drove me. The reason I left comics in my second. So you know, I was a huge collector as a kid kid. Yeah. Like grade school. And then I dropped out when Image and holographic covers and all that. You know, the, what they called the speculator boom yep. imploded. That's when I was like, mm, cash my chips, got out. And then when, you know, Marvel got their asses handed to them and like had to go to bankruptcy and all that sort of thing and yeah. focused more on like everybody just kind of did their own thing. And you didn't have to buy a million books to know whatever story was happening. That's when I kind of came back in and it was more self-contained like stories. And then slowly you started seeing events creep back in. Um, and it's okay to do a a big event once in a while it's actually a lot of fun right having your character your favorite characters interact with each other when they wouldn't usually that's always great i used to love that when they used to do it in um television series like spider-man would show up in the x-men and vice versa mm. like that was always amazing like wolverine showed up in spider-man a couple times and i was like this is amazing um but they are incessant they are incessant and this is why i and have always been more drawn to um, things like saga, right? Where it's it's this one story. Um, there are no other characters I have to be <laughs> concerned with. Um, or if they do make other characters, it'll be sort of a side story, right? And I can pick it up or leave it, depending what I want. But saga is a self-contained story. Um, there, When we were talking about X-Men... Um, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, I picked up relatively easily, but there's still mm. a lot of stuff I didn't know yeah. about, right? Um, that they hinted to in the in the actual stories. So that's a, that's a huge problem as well. Um, and then there's the the fear 
Um, and why probably a lot of people didn't properly look at what he was saying is because your first reaction as a person who loves diversity and things is fear when they start talking about, oh, sales. Um, oh, because the first thing the Twitter eggs of the world are going to do is hit the hit your newsfeed talking about like, see, 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 um, bullshit doesn't work. There's always so much writing on the comics with diversity in it. Like there's only one comic with um, someone um, of Asian descent. And so you're like, if I, like you said, you really want them to make your things, right? Mm. Your stories. And I really want my divorce, my, the div- diverse stories I want to be shown. I really want them to make them. So of course I need these things to do well um, because that's the only way they'll say, oh, you know what? It's a good investment. Whereas they'll relaunch. I think the the example Mary Sue gave, one of them was Born, right? Like Born can do terribly in the theaters and they'll still make another one. However, if a female-led action flick did terribly, then everyone would be like, see, nobody wants to see female-led action heroes. I think the other issue is to see a Born movie starring a man or a woman, you don't have to go to like one art house cinema yeah. down a side street that's plas- got the windows plastered over with you know promotional posters and you can't see inside if you do brave to walk in it smells dusty and dingy and there's some guy with an ill-fitting t-shirt but uh, listen not all comic stores but comic stores are not welcoming places no i could take i could go out and i could buy enough copies of moon girl and devil dinosaur and ms marvel and miles morales and go out and hand them out on the streets and people will be delighted and probably say dear god where can i find more stories like this yeah if you expect them to find it on their own they're not going to unless they randomly pick it up like you said that one time you gave a miles morales trade to a kid at major canadian retailer he had no idea that this was even a thing he was so excited because there's this little like poisonous ecosystem that's like eating its own tail and it's like funny you mentioned saga another point that i own i'm brought up in its analysis of all this the talent pool at the big two yeah is kind of bunk right now mm-hmm. because if you are if you do well at marvel or dc and you build up a fan base why would you not go to image and do yeah. your own shit what is the impetus for you to want to still like what's the incentive for you to want to still, with a pay cut, write the fucking X-Men. Or get really invested in a project only to have them pluck you away. And look at Chelsea, to, Chelsea Kane and Mockingbird, and, right? Like, and give it to somebody else who is usually a white man um, and then have them fuck it up. I'd be pissed. I wouldn't want to work for them anymore. So, I mean, the, the point is the comics industry, Marvel got bigger problems than the fact that Iron Man is black, a black woman right now. Like yeah. there are troubling implications behind the numbers where something that like, there's like this alt Spider-Man book right now called Renew Your Vows, yeah. which is basically he's still married to Mary Jane and it's like yeah, the classic yeah. kind of Spider-Man thing. And listen, frankly, as someone who's like anti one more day till I die, yeah, anti the nullification of the Spider-Man of the Peter Mary Jane marriage, mm-hmm. I am for this. Yeah. I'm glad that that is a thing that exists and it's out there, but I don't want it at the expense of like champions. Yeah. Even though champions is not a perfect book and that's not going to talk about that another day, but. And that's the other thing. Like also champions is also written by a white dude. So, and I, and I, um, I brought it up really briefly how when something isn't going well for one of the comic books that has a white male lead, they'll figure it out. 
they'll put they'll invest marketing into it they'll invest time they'll invest you know actually changing things around putting a new team on it whereas here it's sort of like well if it's not doing the most amazing numbers we're just gonna we're just gonna drop it it's gonna get canceled because that is the best decision um and that's very frustrating you are probably correct about that anyway it's just a it's a shitty thing and i don't need anything to empower comic bros of the world i don't think we any of us do but on the good side of things we have good sides we do have good sides hit me with a good side um a good side is that uh joss whedon is in talks to produce direct and write a batgirl standalone film for dc ain't that just a middle finger to the comic bros of the world that makes me very happy it's supposed to be um based on the gail simone Oh, the Gail Simone run. That's the one they're doing? Yeah. Nice. Apparently. This is all a- apparently, right? Um, and I've gotten this from a couple different sto- sources. Um, and there might be some diverse casting for Batgirl. Um, it might be Lindsay Morgan. She is apparently... I do not know who that is. She's apparently on, on the 100. I was about to say, <laughs> the show we don't I watch. am old. I don't um, know what that is. And she, she's half Mexican, half Irish. Okay. Um, and... Uh, She's she'd make a very good looking bad girl. I think she's around twenty seven. Makes everybody. Good... Everybody looks beige. Everybody gets beige and gorgeous. That's just yeah. what happens. I'm I'm really excited for the future. <laughs> Anyways, I'm so I mean, she keeps on just uh, retweeting articles that have her named as possibly being and cast, and and so no one knows if she's just really excited <laughs> and would like to be Batgirl or has been in talks to be Batgirl. Again, all of this is a maybe. I'm just very excited if it is Joss Whedon. I just really hope DC leaves him alone. I think they I, should just I listen, leave after him alone. after his experience on Avengers, I don't think he would do this. If they didn't. If they wasn't going to be. I think I'm sure that was a bullet point on his like the only way I'm going to do this. Yeah. I want to do this. And I'm happy you want me to do this, but after Age of Ultron, you best just leave me alone. Keep the notes to a minimum. Yeah. Um I have a director announcement as well, but before I do that, or director rumor, before I do that, though, I just, you mentioned the Gail Simone run. Yeah. Geek down salute to Gail Simone. I fucking love Gail Simone. Yeah, she's great. She's so good and hysterical. I don't know if there's an old archive of her comic book resources column. There might her whole be, career, yeah, so. her whole career was like, she was like a hairdresser, like in the South. I just <laughs> yeah. picture her living like a real Steel Magnolia's life, like before she started <laughs> writing comics. Um, and... She really liked comics and she really liked writing about comics. And she got this like humor column on comic book resources called You'll All Be Sorry. Yeah. And I just, she had one, it was like Galactus's blog. And <laughs> I, to this day, I remember it laughing my fucking ass off at it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, whatever. Even there's a joke about an eating disorder, but when it's Galactus and he's purging planets it's, or yeah. when, he, when he's eating his feelings by eating a planet, like that's <laughs> no one, because Noran Rad won't call him back. Um, that's what Gail Simone amazing and if yeah if you get some shine off of off of this batgirl project that would be amazing uh other director rumor floating around out there everybody's real excited your man's is cautious cautious not even cautiously optimistic just Just cautious cautious. is this notion that jordan peele fresh off the success of get out and able to write his own ticket is being courted by warner brothers i believe to direct the live action akira remake that's really exciting. Is really exciting. And probably safe to assume Japanese people <laughs> will be cast as Tetsuo and Kaneda. It's always call them Kaneda till I die. Fuck your Kaneda bullshit. Streamline pictures forever. <laughs> um, but we see this all the time 
where somebody makes a small er movie. Yeah. That is very successful. Yeah. And then they swoop in and they grab them for these giant behemoth movie projects. Yeah. Is a much different process. The level of moving parts. Oh, yeah. The level of concerns. The level of fucking toy tie-ins and merchandising and all that business and the level of studio interference. Like, as we can see from Homeboy who tried to relaunch the Fantastic Four, sometimes it is too much for a person to deal with. Joss Whedon had to, like, take a sabbatical for, like, two years after Ultron. That's why they should get people who are really good at operations to direct things. We're really good with that stuff. Caitlin. What? You can assist. I don't want to. I don't want to direct Akira. I'm just saying that <laughs> our film. You're really making the case that you should direct Akira over Jordan Peele. Um, listen, Get Out, which I still have not seen. <laughs> the woman from Game of Thrones just falling behind me with the shame bell. Yeah. Um, shame, shame. I haven't seen Get Out, but much smaller project than what this will be. Yeah. Assumedly, and so while would I love to see him do it? Sure. Do I want? to see his career implode because before it even really gets started because he took on this giant behemoth project maybe that he doesn't have the skill set for yet um or maybe just really hope that he has a really great network and kind of knows what he's doing we can hope because like of all the names associated with this every once in a while another story comes up proving that it's not dead Jordan Peele's name is the one that's most exciting. And let's be honest, I don't want this to happen. <laughs> this is not a movie I want to see no. made. The an- the animated one was fine. It was fine. I don't know that we have caught up to a world where Warner Brothers wants to spend the money to make this look as good as it should. Yeah. Um, and frankly, enough cities have been destroyed. I don't need to see Neo yeah. Tokyo get destroyed twice on Can the big screen. Something- I'd like to see get something get made. <laughs> it's a story of a city getting made for once. Yeah. Let's um, change it up, folks. <laughs> Let's change the story. Time to flip the narrative for 2K17. Um, yes, but I don't want you know the demands of this sort of project to kind of derail Jordan Peele's career before it even really gets going. Um, I don't want to see our man go the Josh Trank route. Oh, yeah. Of no. Fantastic Four and basically lose his mind and destroy a house. And What, what, what was his, uh, his rating on... Uh... Uh, the, two, the 2015 Fantastic Four movie currently has a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Amazing. Kind of. Anyway, that's a beefy-ass news section for y'all. Yeah, well, it's been a long time coming. There really wasn't anything. Then there was sort of an explosion of news and explosion. stuff. Explosion. Um, speaking of explosions, we'll be back after the... Was that an okay segue? You are out of practice. <laughs> Well, I just thought... You, you are know, too comfortable in that chair. It's a really comfortable chair. <laughs> You're just too relaxed and your Segway game has dropped off completely. <laughs> what she's trying to say is when we come back after this break, we'll talk about the things Caitlin and I each brought each other. Spoiler alert, you're probably going to be surprised. Probably a little bit surprised. Also, nice Segway. <laughs> Thanks, fam. I'll see you in a sec. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the part of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other. But before we get into all that, which is going to be a lot of that, um, we have some rules. The first rule being the rule of three. Yeah. 
which is the rule that um, if we give uh, somebody something that comes in episodes or epicycles or sometimes sometimes we say if it's just really long um we have to try and do a third of it or watch three episodes of it if you've got a long ass movie to watch sometimes it's fair to just watch a third of it uh maybe this should have come into play um caitlin may have forgot how long it was uh the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod it's the uh rule that Whatever we watch, we will only talk about it when we are in front of these microphones recording. So Jordan and I, besides sometimes worrying about where we're going to find something to watch, um, we don't talk about the thing we brought Save those takes for you, yes. the listener. So you get all the precious of takes, that, as Jordan puts it, I think. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Um, and then finally, it, it's not a rule. It's really just a policy. Um, there will be spoilers. We are pro-spoiler. So... These two things are quite old, so you yes. really don't need to worry. But if you are the kind of person who absolutely does not want to know anything about anything... If you're like, oh my god, I know I waited like 15 years, but I was totally going to watch that thing. Then you need to leave. We love you, but you need to go. We're judging you. We are you judging to, you. you oh, need to go. super judging you. If you waited 25 years to watch one of these things... Then, yeah. Yeah, lots of judging out. going on. Um, anyways... So I believe it is your thing that goes first. We like to alternate and had to dig back and realize that the last time we did this, Caitlin's item went first. So my item will go first. And friends, if you were looking at the two items up for discussion this week, you could probably think to yourself, well, man, yeah, I know who brought, I know who brought those. Wrong. 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 Because the thing I brought Caitlin is the 2001 slapstick sports martial art. Hunk of fantasy stu- hunk of stupidity known as shaolin soccer uh, yeah shaolin soccer is a creation of the actor action star director writer stephen chow producer producer stephen chow is apparently a project he wanted to do for a very long time inspired by a long-running uh, anime and manga called captain subasa Oh. Which is a very, I suspect, similarly to have something like Haikyuu, the volleyball anime I was watching at the holidays. Right. It's like super action-packed and like you cannot do that. Like they're just floating in the air and the ball is coming down with the force of a comet. Like, yeah. I feel like Captain Tsubasa was probably a very similar sort of thing for soccer. Right. And Stephen Chow apparently always wanted to kind of do something like this, but he just had to wait for the CGI and the technology to catch up to a point where it would be, you know, feasible mm-hmm. live action. Mm-hmm. Maybe he could have waited a couple extra years, but be that as it may. Mm-hmm. How dare you? <laughs> uh, plot, who cares? What do we need to know about this? <laughs> this, is a, <laughs> this is a story. A Stephen Child plays a character named Sing or just Steel Leg. I think everybody just kind of gets referred to by their... By their by thing their, that they do. Their, their kung fu uh, specialty. Yeah. And he is basically homeless and all he wants to do is... Very important. I'm going to make sure you do this right. You say it, and then I will correct you if it's wrong. Well, probably, because full disclosure, friends, Caitlin's going to have to fill in a lot of the blanks here, because I had a three-fucking-hour movie to watch. <laughs> I didn't have time to do I a- said I was sorry! I didn't have time to do a rewatch on this one, as I normally do, but... Stephen Chow's character, Sing or Steel Leg, wants to promote Kung Fu. He thinks Kung Fu can can bring joy and improve everyone's life he just he doesn't know how to do exactly. it Exactly. he wants to bring it to the people he was always trying to find ways 
to, to bring Kung Fu to the people. But and has said he will not, he has promised his master he will not fight. Yes. Uh, as all great <laughs> Kung Fu heroes do. Yeah. They're amazing at Kung Fu, but they never fight. They, yeah. I understand that's own. the whole philosophy of, of Kung Fu and martial arts. Um, he encounters disgraced former star player, now aspiring coach. And uh, cripple. And <laughs> cripple. That's what they call him all the time. It's super weird. Uh, golden leg. Yep. He was at one time a hero. He had been uh, bribed into throwing a match by the by the nefarious. I think it's Hung. Is that his name? Yeah, the the nefarious evil older Jackie Chan, <laughs> captain, captain, captain and coach of Team Evil. It's actually called Team. It's actually evil, what guys. they're called, like on Mr. Robot, where it's called like Evil Co. or something. Yeah. <laughs> like Team Evil. That's just what they're called. <laughs> so that's the type of, that's the type of movie we're dealing with. Um, yeah, he was when he was younger, and he was kind of a dick too. That's the reason why. Yeah. Head of Evil Co. <laughs> evil Team, Team Evil decided to like betray him. Um, Golden Leg was kind of you know an arrogant prick. He gets bribed to throw a game, um, and then the, the check is false. The and the crowd revolts and like as as soccer fans sometimes do. Rush the field and beat the shit out of him and, <laughs> and, and take his leg out. Specifically, yeah, uh, bashed his leg to, to, I guess, pieces. So Golden Leg and Steel Leg end up kind of meeting each other on the street. And after uh, seeing, I think the Stephen Chow character has like a has like a kind of a street brawl with some with some thugs. Yeah, but he well, kind of he kind of takes them out while using a soccer ball. This is how he gets around, like not not fighting. Yes, though it's very important. So during their initial meeting, the the guy puts his uh, number in this can of juice he was having or whatever. And, I think it was a beer but... and, or whatever, and throws it, and then Steel Leg kicks it, and then later on in the film, Golden Leg finds it. We'll just like, call him Coach. We'll just call him the Coach. Too many legs. The Coach finds it like wedged into a brick wall and then that and he finally pulls it out the wall disintegrates and then that the golden leg is having a a oh, sorry steel leg is having a brawl with these people so it ties in very nicely yes and then this is when the coach realizes oh my god because the coach he wants to coach a team and he had been asking coach of team evil if he could have his own team you know, i think i can coach a team as, as good as yours blah 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 yeah it's like <laughs> you fool yes there's no there's no long beard stroking involved well, there may as well very, be very similar you fool i'm just being keep you have no you have no more use to me i'm never going to let you coach get out and yes the coach realizes after seeing steel leg do his thing fighting these very <laughs> very over the top disposing of these uh these thugs yeah with a soccer ball that like he may have the power and then it goes on from there and they find steel leg tries to find all his former shaolin kung fu his brothers brothers who have all given who have all given up and all have like like one part of them is like yeah super chi focused one guy's head is like steel head steel head and then there's like steel I, don't, shirt. I don't know the rest of them steel oh yeah there was shirt. steel shirt um there was oh light Light man, floating man. Sure. He flies. Um, but it's funny because he's fat. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm trying to think who the... There's the goalie. I can't remember. It's just his hands, right? Yeah, something. Uh, steel hands. I don't know. I don't know at this point. Basically what we're dealing with here is imagine like the, the aerial wire work of Crouching Tiger on a soccer field with a terrible CGI budget. <laughs> it was China in 2001. 
you're either you either hang with it or you can't. Well, apparently I can't. This movie is ridiculous, and this is another thing about about the idea of comedy. This movie is the Naked Gun, basically. Oh yeah, it's no. the Naked Gun with soccer. Though, <laughs> even in the brief rewatch I had, there were just such stupid moments that I was laughing at. Were like <laughs> two moments. He meets there's a supporting character, uh, Mui. Is that her name? I think that's the, the dumb, the girl who makes sweet buns. Yeah. Um, we're just gonna call her Sweet Bun, by the way. Okay, <laughs> Sweet Bun, who also who makes sweet buns by using like tai chi techniques yeah um and sing encounters her is very taken with her just her technique not even her per se just her like her abilities and as he's like he's homeless obviously he's a vagrant and as he's singing the praises of her sweet buns he's low-key like eating like five of them <laughs> as he goes along he's like just such great technique no wonder they're so firm and tender and he shoves it in his mouth <laughs> thinking she won't notice that he's eating all these buns or like when he's fighting the thugs yeah and the one guy is like goes in like praying mantis style He's like, there's just a stop. And he goes, hey, do you have any change? And, and the goes, thug's like, yeah. And he just hops out of position and goes, and he's like, are you stealing my money? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this movie. That's, that's the kind of stupid Jordan but, likes. But saying Naked Gun does not give it justice because there are moments that are full on like Monty Python, like bizarre slash ridiculous, like the change thing, or they'll just like change up the scene randomly. Or there's like mini dance scene, right? Dance like, numbers for no reason. Yeah. And, and. It, there is just the silliness level that is like the silly the the bureau of silly walks like it just it's just such a high notch of silly silliness that it gets into the absurd um is this not up your alley well the absurd was that it just i there were a couple of things that i just that i know it was 2001 and in 2001 maybe i would have been like oh that's amazing cgi was so bad that it just like totally popped me out of whatever was going on in the scene to go wow 2001 cgi was so bad um and then i had a thought so specifically he's talking about maybe kung fu could be used for with singing and then they him and steelhead start a band and start (laughs) singing and that's where the thugs come in because they're so bad they want to beat them up like that just I I like the absurd, but that silliness level, like Naked Gun Silly, I don't like. I don't I don't like that movie. I know it's like one of the greatest movies of all time. Travis really wants us to lean into this. What? <laughs> every time one of us, I got a message from Travis. What's up, Travi? Every time, every time one of us, we he thinks we gloss over and one of us are appalled by something the other person hasn't seen or doesn't like. That's how we stay friends, Travis. That's how we stay friends. It's when the dude's too tall for the shot and he tells me he's got something he's got something at the corner of his mouth. Yeah. It's like, no, not there on the other side. And he's like, oh, and you see his hand go out of the shot and a full banana falls out. <laughs> Come on, Caitlin. I just, I just, I, now, t- full disclosure, I was watching this with Senior Correspondent. He thought it was hilarious. <laughs> he was dying. He was dying. And I just was like, no, I kept on saying over and over, over and over again, what did he give me? Why am I watching this? What have I done with my life? Well, now, did you see Kung Fu Hustle? Now, when he, this is up, when he brought up the singing and dancing thing, I went, Kung Fu Hustle did it so much better. And then I looked it up. Kung Fu Hustle does pretty much everything this movie does better. You know why? Because he had more fucking money. Because <laughs> Stephen Chow directed it. Did he not direct Shaolin Soccer? He did both. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know that. Yeah. Until I looked it up, and then I was like, he just needed more money. Yeah, he and needed, it needed to be 2004. He needed a couple more years and more money. Yeah. 
Kung Fu Hustle is basically, it's like the low-end theory in Midnight Marauders. Yeah. Hip-hop reference, where, like, one thing was super innovative and, like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then they kind of did the same thing again, but just better. Yeah. Across the board. Um, um, so I'm not, yeah, I'm never going to say that this movie is, I have affection for this movie because yeah. I saw it first, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's a better movie than Kung Fu Hustle. No. Like I saw Kung Fu Hustle and loved Kung Fu Hustle. And so when I, A, when I found out it was, they were both Stephen Chow, I was like, oh my God, that totally makes sense now. Oh, you were watching Shaolin Soccer not knowing that Kung Fu Hustle was Stephen no. Chow? Oh, okay. And then when I was looking stuff up about it, I was like, I wonder when, because I was like, it seems like Kung Fu Hustle came out really close to this, and I didn't know if the singing and dancing was a joke about Kung Fu Hustle, and then I was like, oh, Stephen Chow stars in both of the, oh wait, he's also the director. Um, it was one <laughs> there, of those There moments. you go. There I go. Because uh, I didn't know much about it. Um, and both movies won tons of awards. Both huge, huge financial box office smashes in yeah. China and the greater, <laughs> the greater Asian area. I don't so, know what you want to call it. But. So I think I'm just maybe. Uh, and it's a it's a style of humor thing, right? I, like, yeah, I just don't think I'm not just not into silly humor, so I just wouldn't get it. But there are some things I did really like. Speak. Um, the the female lead character. So, he's just, like, super nice to her, and she kind of falls in love with him, and he doesn't fall in love with her when she gets a transformation done. She gets this sort of makeup transformation, and what's really interesting, she's got, like, really bad skin. I think it's because of making the sweet buns. Um, or, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, the steam around right. her. Stuff. She's yeah. got a lot of acne. Yeah. And when she goes through the transformation, some of it's gone away, but she still has all this acne on her forehead, but mm. the, the makeup's, like, over it. And she says, like, I'm basically in love with you. And he goes, I'm, no, I'm not in love with you. Like, I care about you. You're my friend, but I'm not in love with you. And then... She basically becomes like a, a Shaolin nun and like shaves her head and everything. She's like, you always tell me to get the thing out of my face. And they don't end up kissing. Like you find it later that they got married. But there's no like, I don't know, they're just friends first. And he's really nice to her. And he does nice things and wants her to, just as a friend, be really confident. Um, I thought that was actually really, really nice. <laughs> that was really kind of a, a interesting, good message. Um and uh, also, her technique was awesome. And now I know how to make sweet buns. Uh, Shaolin style. Um, but yeah. And then she comes in and saves the day. That's really cool, too. Yes. Because I think plot, whatever. Um, they they basically stomp the entire league once mm-hmm. they figure out how to... Play soccer. Basically play soccer. Yeah. Um, oh, and they get their uh, Shaolin powers back. Yes. And they basically storm through the league until they meet Team Evil in the championship. Um, Who are using... American drugs. Do they ever say what the drugs are or no? No, they just say American <laughs> Amer- drugs. American drugs. That give them like, like negaverse powers. Spin, spin out that, that symbolism. Yeah. So yes, the only one who ends up saving them is uh, Mui. Sweet yeah. Buns ends up coming in and saving the day. And apparently this, this is a totally like disgendered league because they, yeah. they, oh. they fight, they fight, a, they fight, they play a, uh, a female team with mustaches. And just, no, they're just two females. There's just two? Just two with mustaches. The rest and of the team called... is dudes? Or is it just the whole team is two dudes? No, no. The whole, there's the, the full team and they're all dudes except for two women who have mustaches <laughs> and they're called female mustache player one and female mustache <laughs> player two. And... <laughs> 
Um, and so this is the flip of talking about the taxes suit. Yeah, Caitlin and, is telling me these things, and I'm just like, that's amazing. And I'm just like, actually, I thought it was kind of stupid, but also I was kind of like, why are they here? I, there are so many questions because it's funny to put pretty girls in mustaches. Yeah, and it was kind of it's neat that there was no like it was like those those are women or anything like that. They were just there doing their thing. Um, anyways. Yeah. So it was really interesting. It was an interesting movie. It wasn't good. There were good things about it. It is definitely the, the precursor to a formula he perfected. Oh, on Kung Fu Hustle. Um, Kung Fu Hustle for this, for this style of slapsticky martial arts absurdity. Like yeah. Kung Fu Hustle is, is the perfected form. Yeah. Um, this has got a lot of things I love about it. And I, like I said, I saw this first, bought it on a whim. It was one of those, like, you know, you just buy a DVD somewhere because it looks yeah ridiculous. And it's like, let's see what this thing is. And then you watch it and it's like, what? Where's this been my whole life? I didn't even know. How do you even make shit like this? Um, but yeah, I definitely can see if you're coming to it for the first time in 2017. Just like... Some of it's real bad. Yeah. Um, uh, rating. Rating is a six. That's fair. I yeah. guess. It's, I mean, it works as, like, it has a plot. And there are some <laughs> scenes that I was like, oh, that's funny. And some scenes I was like, this is really stupid. Why am I watching this with senior correspondent howling beside me? Kind of makes um, me want to go back and I want to go back and see what Stephen Chow's been up to since then. He's still been making movies. He made a movie called The Mermaid last year, I guess, uh, which is basically like Splash in China. He's also there um, one movie that just came out before that, which was Into the West, I think. He did like a – it's called Journey to the West. It's probably a Monkey King uh, and take. And they're doing a second one. It's yes, coming out, I think, this year, um, Journey to the West 2. Yeah, so the, yeah, The Mermaid apparently did did very well for him, so I may, I may check that out I in, might in check the future. Um because, like I said, loved Kung Fu Hustle, so I can see sort of this progression, which is really cool. Mm. Um, so, moving on. Friends, you might be surprised. Lord knows I was surprised when she handed it to me. Ron. By Akira Kurosawa. Um, the wonderful, amazing, talented Akira Kurosawa. One of the probably top ten directors of... All time. All time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, of film... Capital F film. Capital F. This Capital a, F. This film. is a distinction that I'm sure will have to come up in this discussion multiple times. Probably. Um, I did forget how long it was. I am so sorry. I knew it was long. I didn't realize it was this long. Two hours and forty two minutes. Um, and this is what happens. Washing records made me very sleepy. I got through. I got through like. <laughs> I got through like an hour and fifteen minutes on night one. Passed out around ten o'clock last night because I know how to party on a Saturday night. Woo. Got up at like seven a.m. on Sunday and yeah. and made my way. Th- read a wiki synopsis first, just in case. Just in case. Just in case, and then watch the rest of it. Um. So now Kurosawa doesn't have an editorial team. He's just the editor, and that sometimes can be a problem. And maybe why one of the reasons it is so long. It is also part of his genius, but you know long um this movie came out in 1985 it is a japanese french combined venture slash uh like work co-production co-production that's the word i'm looking for um and uh ron itself is japanese for chaos which is is important before i get into anything else just keep that in mind with this film it's part of the tradition of i'm going to say a whole bunch of things wrong and i apologize in advance to anyone who knows japanese or like jordan knows how japanese things are said apologize um jidai geki epic tragedy which is a japanese tradition of storytelling it is an adaptation of king lear and 
it is in part um, uh, a history slash legend of uh, Daimyo uh, Mare Motomari, which is who was a feudal lord. So it's like half legend, half history about him. What's interesting is King Lear itself is based on a legend slash history of Lair of Britain. So there's all these things that Kurosawa has drawn on to make this film. At the time of making this film, uh, Kurosawa was around 75 years old, and he was almost blind at this point, making this film. He had created tons of drawings, and he used to create these drawings, and then he would bring them to cinematograph, like, work with the cinematographer to just be like, this is what I, I want. So that's why a lot of what you see when you watch this film looks almost like a drawing or a painting, and why a lot of the colors are so vivid as well, um, or not in certain cases. Um, it won an Academy Award for costume design, and I think it won a couple awards for sound as well and a composition, because um, the music is 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 fantastic. Um, the film has a lot of war in it. More so than, I mean, in King Lear, there's a lot of infighting, but there's not as much, uh, there are not as much scenes of war as there are in, in Ron. Um, it's a very important to the history and it almost feels, uh, like this could be a, a like a series, like Game of Thrones, basically, because it's just such a huge story. Um, and it is basically about a, I'm not going to go full on into the synopsis because there's a lot that happens, but it's basically... Um, a king has decided to abdicate his throne and split it up in between his three sons. And from there, all chaos breaks loose. This story touches on... Because he's an idiot. Because he's an idiot. Well, that's... You just you just don't... Don't don't split things up and expect people to be happy with what you've, you've split up. Or uh, finish. So this film touches on a whole bunch of different things. So it touches on war, peace, kingdoms, um, h- how people suffer in war and what the repercussions of just like the everyman in is in war. Um, because it's Kurosawa, there are samurais and the story of soldiers and battle. There are actually really interesting female parts in this movie. Um, what the role of women can be, greed... Um, destruction, being bloodthirsty. These are all... This is why one of the reasons the movie is is chaos, right? It's, and, it's touching know, on so many things. God is dead and we're all going to die alone. <laughs> and God is dead and we're all going to die alone. Um, which is it plays into the very ending scene of this film. So it's a very... It's an evolving story. It's just... I'm not going to go into the synopsis because it's... It, just basically, you could look up the synopsis, uh, look up King Lear as a synopsis. It's a ba- basically the same kind of thing. There are two brothers who um, pl- are plotting, one brother who's actually kind of a nice guy. Um, everyone dies. The end. Uh, what do you think? Is that a pretty good synopsis? Synopsis? Kind of. Yeah. The Fool plays an important part in this film. The reason I... I know a lot about this film is because i had to study it for one of my university classes um in film and specifically shakespeare in film and i've seen this movie like three times it's nine hours of my life and then all the readings about kurosawa in this film so yeah jordan what'd you think so uh for forgiveness now for anybody who has you know a any sort of film theory in their life uh, we're about to really expose 
my cultural illiteracy on two fronts. One that I'm not a super like film guy, right? Because this is this movie is vegetables. It's vegetables. It's vegetables. What does that mean? Eating your Brussels sprouts is not always the most enjoyable experience, but you kind of feel better that you did it when it was over. I guess yeah. The film's vegetables. I am not a film person in the sense that I'm sitting down to spend two hours and forty two minutes of my life watching this in a like. I am enjoying this. And this is mm-hmm. this is culture. You are getting cultured. cultured. And I've also never seen a Kurosawa movie from beginning to end. Really? Really. I have oh, seen enough, Seven Samurai? I've seen enough snippets of Seven Samurai to know that Toshio Mifune is my husbando and <laughs> that is all. But I've never seen never seen a Kurosawa movie from beginning to end. What I found fascinating about this one, friends, as you know, I wrote a book about a guy who um made an album while he was dying at the end of his life part of that book had to deal with this notion of something called late style which is how artists works can change as they are facing the end of either their life life or creative life or who are very ill who are very ill or dealing with a disability as in the case of beethoven's deafness or in what i did not know kurosawa's blindness i would be interested to go and see if anybody has written about this as late work it is clearly someone's last work like you can tell he's yeah. he got a lot of statements i was watching it being reminded of a lot of the dialogue around scorsese's silence that came out last year right. which is like super long movie super dark super like mm-hmm. a lot of scenes of torture and violence and that like you know this is somebody's last take on life and existence kind of the sense i got watching this as well i this movie came out in 85 i didn't even know kurosawa was still making movies in 85 i didn't know kurosawa yeah. made movies in color to be honest like, oh yeah and man did he make this in color he did and my concern going into it was that like this movie does not pick up no until like the first siege yeah so basically what happens well in <laughs> which is it happens very not super far in the movie but far enough um you know, if you want to write your, you know, Shakespeare 101 intro to Shakespeare paper on this, uh, or your high school Shakespeare paper on this movie, and you're identifying Hidetora's tragic flaw, is the fact that he just can't give the shit up. Like, he... Yeah. For reasons unbeknown to anyone, including his sons, which, by the way, thank you, Kurosawa, for putting them all in different colors, like Power Rangers. It really made it. <laughs> yeah, they are the primary colors. Yeah, the ones. And, 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 uh, wrong, and uh, I, I do know their names. Uh, Saburo wore blue. Yeah. Jiro wore red. And mm-hmm. Tora? I think it's Tora, yeah. Wore yellow, but they're just going to be Yellow Ranger, Red Ranger, and Blue Ranger from here on yeah. out. So. And the king um, wears white. The king it's wears very, white. With red underneath, it's very symbolic. Um, <laughs> did nobody think that dude was looking rough as it started to go along? Yeah. <laughs> Full on looks oh, <laughs> like yeah. a poltergeist by the end of it. Yeah. Um, but for reasons that nobody really understands, yeah, he comes out and he's like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I'm passing it on to my sons. And you know what? You're first. You're the firstborn. You get the big castle. Yeah. Secondborn gets the second castle. Blue Ranger, you're the youngest. You get, you get the third castle. And Blue Ranger is not having it. Well, no, Blue Ranger's like, you think these guys are going to be chill? They are not going to like, be chill. This is bullshit. You shouldn't be giving this up. This is nonsense. And he's like, oh, you can't talk to me like that. You're banned. Which is exactly what happens in King Lear. You're banned. Cordelia is like, I'm not going to tell this stuff to you because that's ridiculous. And I, you always told me to tell the truth. And and he's like, you can't talk to me like that. You are exiled. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so on Blue Ranger's way out, he's uh, on the way out the country or the plane or whatever, the lands, he's uh, encountered by one of the other one-time rival lords who he has since made listen Hidetora was not a good person no he basically took all this 
land and property and castles from other people. As left to see a bloodshed as he went. This is part of the story as you find out more and more about this as you go on into the film. And yeah, he in the opening scenes you see him kind of on a hunt with these like other lords who are like, cool, yeah, we lost. Yeah. Thanks for letting us live, sort of thing. Yeah. But they ain't, they ain't got no pledge of allegiance to this dude. He came and stole their lands. So when the third son gets booted, one of them kind of rolls up and he's like, hey, you ain't got no title, but you're the type of dude I might like to have marry my daughter. So why don't you come back and uh, hang with me? Yeah. So that's your that's that's your one major plot thread. Obviously, you know it's going to come back later. Um, third son leaves. Other two sons are, hey, they're kind of cool with it. The problem is that Hidatora can't just chill out and be retired. Nope. You gave everything to your one son, but you still want to keep it. You want to keep all the title and the privilege, but not do any, not have to do any of the work. Yeah. Eventually, somebody's going to have a problem with that. How did you not see that coming, genius warlord? And also, as the younger son like pointed out, basically, these guys are like bloodthirsty monsters. They're going to do anything for power. What makes the what What makes you think you're immune? Um. So yeah, it's a lot of sitting around and chatting, and then it goes full on hardcore gore fest in yeah, it does. When <laughs> that's why Caitlin loves it <laughs> in the first siege, which is basically <laughs> as with many elderly parents, <laughs> the two brothers just keep trying to like shunt him off. Yeah. To each other, first son tries to send him off to second son. Second son refuses to answer the door and is like, "Yo, turn the lights out. Like, pret- <laughs> pretend you sleep. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't here. Yeah. It's like we got no place to go. Well, there's the third castle." Which isn't being used because the homeboy done left. Yeah. So they realize he's there. Why do they go after him? I don't remember why they go after him. Uh, to murder, I'm pretty sure. Why do they want to murder him? What do they think he can do? Unite people? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. See, for, it gets for reasons really... that reasons I'm not totally sure about, the two sons decide to go and kill everybody and burn the castle down. They just, I think they're just worried about like any kind of power collection. Possibly, or that he's he's divisive or something. And yeah, listen, yeah. and this and maybe, and this brings us to the most interesting thing about this movie. Uh, Kaede was up in somebody's ear about something, our, our Lady Macbeth figure, yeah, or having read King Lear either. So possibly, uh, one of the sisters, King basically. Lear analogous. Oh, and also in King Lear, there is a because Shakespeare liked to do this every so often. He just like threw in a bastard son, <laughs> and the bastard son's like I'm evil because I'm a bastard, so I'm just going to be evil and do evil things now and like sort of sc- screws things up. Yeah, Kaede is the most interesting thing in this movie, although I have no idea why anybody bothers to listen to her, because she must have the goodest good, good good that anybody <laughs> ever had, because people get her one- milkshake. People get, people get one sip of that milkshake, and it's like, sure. I'll kill that person I'll, for I'll you. I'll kill whoever you want. So it's weird. I, how am I supposed to have a judgment on this movie? Like, it's, it's fucking, it's Kurosawa. Like- you can still have a judgment. As we say, we like things that we like, or we don't like things that we don't like. I... There are things about it that I like. I, you know, I like this. It's the reason why when you read a super heavy book, you're like, oh, my brain is being fed right now. Like yeah. I was watching this movie, like my brain is being fed right now. I'm not having a super lots of fun. And now is not the time, fool. But yeah, well, it's not. <laughs> the gesture is always that dude have an off button. Like, <laughs> no, relax. That's part of the gesture. The gesture. I know it's being. his role. Um, <laughs> I don't know why we're wasting so much time with like the Red Ranger's wife. Was she just a plot point to get beheaded later in the movie and her blind brother or like, or is she just supposed to symbolize like, you know, the actual hope that is pointless Kind of because you'll end yeah. up getting decapitated. Like favorite part of the movie was when uh red Rangers or was he, did he start as yellow Rangers subordinate and then he was red Rangers subordinate. I think so. <laughs> and they send her to go and like, the whole problem is like yellow Ranger eldest son gets killed yes. in this raid at the third castle mm-hmm. kind of on accident. <laughs> 
Yeah. He gets shot by accident and killed. So, yeah. So now Red Ranger, middle son, is, you know, Lord of the land. Mm-hmm. And he he already got a wife, though. Yeah. He already been married off. And he gets to he gets to the castle. And, you know, Kaede rolls up as the best part of this whole thing. You know, she'll try to stab your ass and then laugh at you for being scared and lick the blood off your neck. Yeah. It's the kind of ladies I like. <laughs> Mm, weird <laughs> anyways but this is this is another big important part of the film is that you know you reap what you sow right um in some cases which is because the king all that time ago kind of destroyed her family she's like hellbent on revenge at whatever cost yeah as she does and when they fi- <laughs> when they finally roll up and that was my favorite moment when like so she is like she wants to consolidate her power, so she's yeah. trying to get Red Ranger to kill his wife or have his wife killed. Yeah. Um, what is? So, Until I have Sue's head, you shall not see me again. And I just have my notes. Take the L, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not only did you get to cheat on your wife, but now she's just threatening to leave. Like, okay, yeah. let her go. <laughs> Take the L. But they try to send his uh, subordinate off to go uh, behead her, and he comes back, and he's got basically this fake fox head, and starts this whole, like, clearly shading Kaede about, like, yeah. oh, no, I brought back a fox head. <laughs> I've heard there are foxes around here, you know? Sometimes they take the form of women. They're very... Yep. <laughs> basically tells Red Ranger he's pussy-whipped, like, all the time. Yep. Red Ranger tell him to do something. He's like, I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> it's like, she barks and you jump. Like, and then the best moment they figure out, they figure out that, like, you manipulated all of this, you know, you told... You told somebody else to go kill Sue and bring her head back and yeah. you wanted all this. And she's like, yeah, fuck it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see this castle burn because <laughs> you took everything from your family took everything from me. <laughs> and subordinate is like, welp, shunk, <laughs> beheads her, splatter of blood across the wall. Dude leaves the room, kind of looks out of what's happening, turns back to Red Ranger and is like, yeah, uh, prepare for death, homie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get, get ready. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> that dude was just cold as ice. I dug that dude so much. <laughs> uh, but yes, as Caitlin said, it's a tragedy. So even though the father ends up finding the third son after going on a psychobilly freakout running through a, you know, volcano beach or volcano something. Volcano desert, yeah. Um, <laughs> ends up finding the third son. Oh my God, it looks like it's all going to be great. He's willing to like, you know, f- actually relinquish his stuff to the third son. Oh, uh, boom. Third son gets shot. Yep. In a... Uh, Get shot by a sniper in his grief. The father dies. Yeah. Everybody dead. Everyone's dead. And. Except for blind brother of Red Ranger's wife who. Who is just a. In his one scene in the movie. It's like, oh, you want to chill out in my house that has nothing? Let me play some terrifying flute music for you to relax. (laughs) I like the flute song. Um, But. He so he has he got Check out this, this sweet like, shakuhachi, my dude. The last scene, which is just is kind of <laughs> kind of the like if picture you, of the Buddha thrown on the ground. If you ever want a gif of just like of my life is done at this point, it's just basically he has this Buddha that was supposed to give him comfort, and he that his sister gave to him before she him. left to go get her head chopped. And off. he's like he's at the edge of a cliff, and he's about to fall out, and he drops the Buddha. And it's just this blind dude with, like, a, a cane at the edge of a cliff. And it just slowly pans out. And that's where the film ends. That's... It's an amazing shot. Hooray! It's an amazing shot. Um, And there are lots of amazing shots in here. The first one I noticed, and like I said, it's a movie as vegetables. It's like when he's sitting around having one of his first sort of flirtations with senility. Mm-hmm. And there's a shot where he, like, something gets pointed at in the distance. And then everybody turns their head to look. But the way, like, the suns are arranged in the shot. Yeah. 
just kind of like arranged in a line and you can see all their like like if you want like, like the version of this on steroids yeah that's not as good as like film as vegetables it's film as like you know crunchberry cereal <laughs> is uh hero the, um, oh, yeah. the chinese martial arts movie that yeah. use color a lot in weird ways yeah or in stark kind of eye-catching ways um I, and I was worried that this was going to be super vegetables where it's just like, oh, yes, look at the composition of that shot. That's a gorgeous shot. <laughs> it wasn't to that extent, but it is a long-ass movie. It is. There's a lot of war. Like, third Lord of the Rings, like, a lot of war. Yeah. Like, they just fight all the time. A lot of long shots of people sitting in yes. fields. <laughs> there's lots of sitting and like people talking. It's like talking and sitting and then it was almost like to compensate it was war and that's actually done specifically as well. And then Kaede shows up to get crazy in your life. Woo! Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> she rips her sleeve with the knife. It's just, just yeah. And then and then she goes and it's like no. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I was, does a rating even matter? I was like, I want to give it like a seven, but you know, fuck me. What do I know? It's a goddamn Kurosawa movie. Well, like, you're allowed to give it it's just what you thought. Just you on your own. <laughs> you don't have to you need to tell everyone else to. Big stupid Jordan <laughs> thinks it's like a seven. But oh, yeah. but there were tons of things there that I'm interested about. I am totally going to go on a Google search to be like, because the late style, the last works elements of these things. Like yeah. you probably read some amazing pieces in school about this movie. And, I, I did. We talked a lot about it. So those are the sorts of things I would be interested in. So those are out there in the world. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Asian the Asian cinema episode of The Geek Down. Well, I'm, there should be a lot. Both of us watch quite a bit of Asian cinema. Uh, speaking of Asian cinema, updates. I kind of only have one. Yeah. Samurai Gourmet. Have you been watching it? I've been watching some Samurai Gourmet. That's amazing. Soups come. So speaking of soups come. Mm. So I, I haven't watched it yet, but I am so excited. I don't know how I found the clip. I don't know if someone posted on Facebook or what's going on, but there is a clip of a a Korean drama of some sort, and I, on Facebook, texted you, Doctor Crush. Yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about. That what it's a that? Korean drama. Oh, and it looks. Amazing, and by amazing, I thought like, it was your reply to the uh, the voice cast of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid cosplaying <laughs> as their characters. No, it was not. <laughs> you replied with Doctor Crush, and I'm like, no idea what's happening. Yeah, what I, is this? Have I seen the ad for this? Um, I I just saw a clip of this doc female doctor like kicking everybody's ass, and these like kicking everybody's ass. Um, there's like a gangster in the ER and just like kick everyone. Out. Anyways. It was oh my amazing. God. I have not seen any ads for this. And I am apparently, I think it, it just ended or it ended a little while ago. Um, and, and that's I'm, from, it's from last year. I'm so excited about it. Oh man. Run I, to drama fever friends. I am so excited. Man, I got to check that out. Um, I have no thoughts about the anime season yet. I know attack on Titan debuted. Whoopity dee. Um, um, I didn't even know it was a thing yet. And some of them are wrapping up. Dragon Maid's only got one episode left, so I'll have to say goodbye to my beloved Kana. And Scum's Wish, I haven't kept up on either. Because I don't know who I'm supposed to root for on that show, and everybody's awful, and I have enough things in my life that make me sad and upset. I don't want to watch that show and be sad and upset. And you just want to watch more uh, more Samurai uh, Gourmet. <laughs> it's keeping it comp. Yeah. Need that Samurai Gourmet. Um, all right, so I think that's it. I believe that is it. Uh, thank you so much for listening, friends. If you need to get at us for any reasons, we have all the socials available at your disposal. 
We have a Twitter at GeekdownPod. We have an email address, geekdownpod at gmail.com. We have the Patreon feed where you can find out all the information about how you can contribute and support the show as we decide what the next goal is going to be. we got the chair. I don't know what we're going on to next, but we'll discuss it. And we cannot do it without your support, and we greatly appreciate it. If you have any ideas for how we can better use your money, we are always open to hearing that, and you can inform us at our Facebook page. Which is at www.com. Facebook dot com forward slash geek down pot geek down pot. So get at us on there. Um, another bonus episode will be coming before you know it. Yeah. And yeah, just keep in the course here on yield geek down pod. Thank you so much for listening to us friends. We hope you will join us again next week. My name is Jordan Ferguson and my name is Caitlin McKenna. Theme songs by Rob Gasser. And we hope you'll be back with us next week for another fantastic episode of geek down. Pod. See you guys then. <laughs> Just like that store. <laughs> what was that store called again? Claire de Lune. <laughs> yeah. Just those ambiance. Just those ambiance. Apparently, ambiance is a beanbag pillow that looks like a grapefruit wedge. Obvi. <laughs> Obvi.